So let's take a few minutes this morning to talk to our kids here in the room. You know, we gather together each Lord's Day to sing God's praises, to rejoice in Him. What are we rejoicing in? What is it we're celebrating? Why would a bunch of people who, you know, there's a lot of things we have going on in our lives. Why do we set aside time on a Sunday morning to come together in a group like this to sing and to pray and to open the Bible and talk? Well, it's because of who God is and what He's done. Let me ask you all a little bit of a pop quiz. Those of you who were with us last week, you may remember, we remember the promise that God had made to Abraham, right? That through Abraham, God was going to make a great nation that was going to be a blessing to many nations. And because of what we know about the Bible, ultimately he's telling us that Jesus Christ is going to come through the family of Abraham. The one who's going to fix everything that went wrong in the Garden of Eden. But we saw last week, that Abraham's family, Abraham's been dead and gone for a long time at this point. Abraham, one of his sons, Isaac, he's dead and gone. He had a son, Jacob, he's dead and gone. And now it's Joseph and his family. They're living in Egypt, right? Because there was a big famine and all of those brothers who sold Joseph into slavery because they were jealous of him, now all of a sudden they've moved to Egypt to live with Joseph because there's plenty of food there. And while they're in Egypt, they're staying there a really long time, the Pharaoh who's in charge and Joseph, they die. And so now you have this big family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph who's living there in Egypt. And now there's a new king who doesn't know this family. And now this family is so big, he's thinking, I better do something or this family may take over Egypt. And so he sets them into slavery, right? How does God go about, because of the promise he made to Abraham, this family can't stay in slavery. What, does, what are some of the things that God does to free this people from Egypt? Do you remember? He sends some plagues. What were some of those plagues? Frogs. You remember the frogs, don't you? Yeah, blood. We remember the water turning into blood. And what did Pharaoh do? Like in each one of those plagues, God would send a plague, like for instance, the frogs, right? They're coming from every direction, so many. You try to get under the covers at night to hide from them, they're so, they get under the covers with you. They're coming everywhere. You open your mouth to talk, they're jumping in your mouth. I mean, it's a plague from God. Don't picture that there's just a lot of frogs around. They are everywhere. There's a reason why this is a, uh, a plague of God. What does Pharaoh always do each and every time when these plagues come, what does he say? Because God's sending these because he wants Pharaoh to let his people go. What, is, what does Pharaoh say every time? Oh, yeah. Well, first he says, go, fine, get out. And then when the frogs go away, what does he say? Ah, never mind, never mind. And so God sends a bunch of different plagues. We talked about the, the water into blood, the locusts, we, the gnats. We talked about a lot of them last week. What was the one that ultimately Pharaoh said, get out, go? There you go, the angel of death sent by God to kill the firstborn. Absolutely. And on the night, now, how did the people of God protect their firstborn from being killed that night? Blood over the door. Where did the blood come from? Yep, a sheep, a lamb. And it goes over the doorpost, so when the angel of death comes, he sees the blood and, 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 and skips over that house and goes to another home in Egypt where there is no blood. So it's the blood 
that saves the firstborn, isn't it? We le- that's what we left off last week, is that's a picture of Christ's blood who saves his people. Well, all right, so we've come to that point, and Pharaoh says, get out, go. And so here's where the story picks up. Moses and God's people escaped out of Egypt and into the wilderness. So this is that very same night. The firstborn in Egypt have died. Pharaoh says, get out, and now they're making their way into the wilderness. Now, here's the thing. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know the way. But God knew the way, and he was going to show them. And he said to them, I will bring you to a new home, a special land, and I will look after you because I am with you. Isn't that the promise he made to Abraham? So God sent a big cloud in the sky for them to follow a pillar of smoke that stretched up to the sky, and it moved in front of them as they walked. It shaded them during the day from the blazing heat of the sun. And when it was time for them to stop traveling for the day, the cloud would stop, and that was where they would set up camp for the day. At night, this would keep them warm because it glowed like fire. So God, through this cloud, led his people through the desert to the edge of a great sea. You ever been to the ocean before? You look out, there's just water as far as you can see, as far as you can see, as far as you can see. Well, keep that in mind. God leads them to a great sea, and they're standing there wondering, hmm, can you say, hmm, how are we going to get across this water? They were just wondering how to cross it when suddenly they hear something behind them. They hear a terrible thundering and pounding. It almost sounds like horses' hooves. They shaded their eyes to look around, and what they saw made them scream. What do you think they saw? Whose chariots are coming? Pharaoh. Remember, every time Pharaoh said, go, get out, and then eventually he comes to his senses. No, 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 come back. Well, that's what's happened here. He realized they're gone, and so he sent out all his chariots to go after them. And they turn around, and they see they're close. Pharaoh had changed his mind again. Get my slaves back, he screamed, and charged out into the desert after them with 600 of his fastest horsemen and every single chariot in Egypt. What were God's people going to do? In front of them was a big sea, a big body of water. And there, it was so big, there's no way around it. Can you get around the ocean? You look out there, you, you got to go through it. It was so big, there was no way around it. And there's no way through it because it's too deep. They didn't have any boats, so they couldn't sail across. And they sure couldn't swim across. They'd drown. It was far too far. And they certainly could not turn back because Pharaoh was chasing them. And they could see the flashing swords now gleaming in the sun and the dust clouds and the chariot as it was surging towards them. So they did the only thing they could do, panic. We're going to die, they screamed. And Moses said to them, listen to this, crazy Moses, don't be afraid. What? But there's nothing we can do, Moses. And Moses says, God knows you can't do anything. God will do it for you. Trust him and watch. But there's no way out, they cried. Moses said, God will make the way. Another minute, 
And it would all have been over because the Egyptians would have taken them. But just in that moment, the strangest thing happened. You remember that pillar of smoke that was in front of them? God made it move. God made that pillar of smoke move. It moved behind them such that the Egyptians now couldn't get through. They couldn't see through. They couldn't get through. And then, listen to what God did next. He sent a strong wind to blow all night long. And listen to what the wind did. It blew on that big sea so much that it split in half. The left part of the sea created a wall of water straight up and down. The right side of the sea created a water, a wall of water straight up and down. And right through the middle of the water, you know what there was? There was no water. It was dry ground. Can they cross dry ground? Can they get across this sea? Absolutely. And so God's people walked across on dry land. Well, once they got across, then the Egyptians, God removed that smoke. The Egyptians, they tried to follow because they see dry land in front of them. And so the, Pharaoh sends them out into the Red Sea on the dry land. Oh no, they're still after them. Guess what God does next? God crashes the waters down upon the Egyptians and every one of the Egyptians drowns dead. God's people were now safe. God had made a way where there was no way. And from the beginning, going back to the Garden of Eden, God's children had always been running from and hiding from God. They could not get back to him because of their sin in the Garden of Eden. They were lost. There was no way for them back to God. Does that sound familiar? There was no way for the, for, for the people of God to get away from the Egyptians. But did God make a way? And the same thing is true for you and I. You see, what God did there at the Red Sea in making a way where there was no way as he's teaching us, this is what he's going to do through Jesus Christ. There is no way for a sinner like me and like you to earn back our relationship with God. There's no way. You can't be good enough. You can't be religious enough. But this story is teaching us something about God. He will make a way where there is no way and God knows the way to bring us back to him. And it's going to be through Jesus Christ.